don't believe in love. I'm blessed. Crown of my head, so my mind. Oh yeah, hey Mark, you are love. Solo in this coupe with the sailing off. Try to trail me home, I knock your ceiling off. Dirty money, dumb and hunters keep on peeling off. Falling out of love, I had to go and cut my feelings off. So dulling my emotions, I was so consumed. I use this paper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to what is the Boston Bruins 21-22 season prediction episode. We have a whole bunch of familiar faces here on the podcast. Uh, you know, Ben's still in Greece. One last episode before he's gone. We, we will start right there. Fast Phil, welcome back. How are you? Oh, there we go. I am doing well, my friends. It is good to see you all. Uh, be back. Uh, all right, another return guest. Mains Man, how are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back, buddy. All right, and last but not least, a friend of ours, but a new man to the show, Sammy Crocciasciano. Sammy, how are you, fella? I'm good, Casey. Thanks so much for having me on. No, no. Thank you for coming. I am so grateful. But, uh, boys, we got a lot to cover here. Uh, the Bruins this year, we'll dive right into it. I don't think it was the end that we wanted last year. It seemed like we kind of just ran out of gas there. But now going into it this year, I mean, Don Sweeney goes into free agency, puts us together a team. I think we now have a whole bunch of depth. And going into this year, kind of a unique way of looking at it. What were you guys' thoughts on just kind of the off-season transactions and where you think this team's going? Oh, do I got to pick? All right, all right, you, Phil, you go. I choose you, Pokemon. I'll roll with it. I mean, <laughs> I agree with you. I think that they went into the off-season and they said, they said two things, right? They weren't sure what was going to happen with Rask. They weren't sure what was going to happen with Krejci. But they said to themselves, we need to get deeper, and we need to get a little bit stronger on the back end. And also, I guess, a third thing, find a temporary replacement for Rask if that's going to be something that changes later in the season remains to be seen. But they went out, and I think they were really aggressive. I mean, it was it was kind of surprising for a pretty cautious kind of feeling team at times for them to dive right into the market like that. But I think they really wanted to improve that bottom six, get a little bit beefier on the DN. And, of course, find a, a goalie to go with Swayman. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I'm assuming you're probably thinking the same thing. This was very unprecedented for Don Sweeney to go and actually make a complete splash. He's usually a through-the-draft kind of guy. And then we see him making moves, and I'm going, Something, something's bad's happening. He's signing all these guys. Everyone's going to be bought out or just bombed now. No one's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it the 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 speed at which it happened was really surprising. I found they normally they're more like get back, see if we can get maybe a deal later, get a guy for a little bit less term or a little less money. Um, the fact that they were so decisive from the start is really a, a surprise to me. Uh, agreed, Manzi. What do you think? It was definitely a nice surprise to see. We needed the help down there. Um, I think now just not having a bona fide second line center is one thing that really is going to scare me a little bit going into this season. I mean, Stanika's look good so far in the preseason, but again, it's preseason hockey. And I don't know if Coyle can make that jump. So even though we definitely got better on the bottom six, we got a huge piece up front missing that still somehow needs to be addressed. Crotch here? Yeah, so I, I what was a great nickname. what Don Sweeney did. Yeah, yeah that's affectionately uh, referred to. Um, I, I was happy with what Don Sweeney did this offseason. And as we mentioned, the speed at which he did it and addressing the needs. But I feel like in every area that he addressed, there was a little more that he could have done or another. It, everything should be a notch up. So we got Derek Forbeth on the back end. And everyone said, yeah, that's fine. But is he really going to be the difference maker back there in the big body that we need? If you get Eric Howla, you get Thomas Nosek up there, those are still kind of unknowns, even though Howla is, you know, a proven center in this league. I just think that we need to get into the season. There are so many questions up and down the lineup that um, are unknown until we get into it. But I think Don Sweeney has done a good job in addressing what we've needed. It's just time will tell um, if these are all going to pan out. There's no real home run that I feel that he hit um, with any of his signings up front. 
to be honest with you. I have one thing, at least on the foreboard end. I, I like that signing. I think for the penalty kill, he's going to be great. I think he averaged like almost four minutes a game last year in PK time, which which is something we need with the unreliableness of Brandon Carlo. I mean, he's one fucking hit away yep. from being Bambi. Uh, we yep. need someone who's able to take that. And one other thing I think that we legitimately seriously need is a legitimate tough guy to put in the lineup. I, I just... Listen, the other night I see us playing Philly, and I see within the first period alone, Stanika gets ran the fuck over in the neutral zone. And hey, if we're playing tough hockey, keep your head up, kid. But when I see, I don't even know who the hell his name was, coming in at Charlie McAvoy and trying to run him through the glass, and Charlie's going to get himself killed with the way he holds on and that spinner roo out. But that needs to be addressed. That's a Norris Trophy defenseman back there. And no one's even answering that. And I think that's going to be, we're not the big bad Bruins, but we do need at least someone to do it. And I think that's where, even if the guys that are willing to scrap like that go and answer that call and answer that bell, we don't have any solidified big guy anymore. They're hard to come by in the league. We have Wagner in in reserve. We have Kuhlman in reserve who has a little grit to his game. You know, but I see nobody that really, like you said, can step to the plate. And if something has to be done, we don't have a Wilson and we don't have a Reeves to rely on in that respect. So, and the guys we do have are a little small. So I think uh, that could be, that could be an issue going forward. All right. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I agree that the grit part is definitely something needed to address, get a little bigger, get a little stronger, have a guy that can, that can drop the gloves if needed, make a statement, pump the team up, you know, as you get through the grind of the season and you just need those pick me ups. I just wonder about his role. I mean, is he really going to play first-line minutes? Is he really going to play 22 minutes a night with McAvoy? I mean, is it going to be a mix-and-match with him and Grizzlick, a situational kind of thing? That, that, that's a big ask for Cassidy and for the, the staff to try to maneuver around that because he really is a limited player uh, despite the positive things he does bring. No, agreed. And, I mean, if we turn back the clock a couple of years, we could probably say the same thing about Big Z as to what his role was at some point where he was kind of limited. But now it's like... We have all turned the page here. We all went to a new and different dimension. We're trying to be this next team. This next team. We said we were moving away from Z. And now that we've done it, it's kind of like Grizzlick, I thought, was a great defenseman with Z. And last year, we got a full-size servant of Matt Grizzlick. And it, it was a little touchy at times. And now we're bringing in Derek Forbort, who's, I mean, he's played minutes. But like you said, role. I mean, his, is he going to be able to stand alongside Charlie McAvoy? <laughs> to be determined, right? <laughs> yeah, and Matt Grizzlick down there now, who is he projected to be there with, you know, this year? Clifton or whomever? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be down there with the guys that are kind of switching in and out of the lineup sometimes. And like you said, last year we saw a full serving of him. We saw that he has flaws and he has inherent things that Krug can't do. And now we don't have Krug. So I feel like that combined with, you know, we're, we're getting into a season here for Matt Grizzlick that we're going to really see if he's going to be. Um, what we all hope he is, is steady going forward. All right. Well, now I figure oh, – oh, go ahead, Mainzie, but before I go to the next thing. Uh, I was just going to say, last season, Grizzly just had a rough go at it. He got very unfortunate injuries that kept him out of the lineup for too long. So I feel like yeah, he did get he, when up. he got in there, he wasn't in long enough to get back into the swing of things before he was right back out again. He'd have that one period, he'd look good, and next thing you know, down the tunnel and gone again. Well, I figure we should just kind of go up and down this lineup, and we'll start up front there. I mean, the perfection line, some people hate when they're called that. I kind of love it. I'm just thinking outside of them, I don't even think we need to touch on them. Like, But outside of them, it's what comes behind them as to what do we expect is going to be the next thing here. I mean, even through the preseason now, the depth has been a little iffy at best. So I guess we'll jump right to that, excuse me, right to that second line. Right now, plotted Taylor Hall, penciled in Jack Studnika for the current with Charlie Coyle out. Then Craig Smith, Charlie Coyle coming back. Um, I've already addressed before. I don't believe that Charlie Coyle is a 2C in this league. I don't believe that. And the only other problem I have with this is this. I mean, Patrice Bergeron, God love him, but he's not getting any younger, and he's still very injury-prone. And at least in the past with David Krejci, if Bergie's out, we can slip Krejci there. We can't do that right now with Charlie Coyle. 
And that scares me for, I mean, what are we going to just rely on? Marshy and pasta and just don't pass it to the middle, boys. Just far side wings. Don't don't touch the middle. So I, I, I just want to know, like, I love Taylor Hall's game. I think he came on here last year. He played strong. It, it, can he continue it for 82 games? I don't know. Probably not, but I'll take it for 60. Uh, Craig Smith, I mean, I, I think he's looked great in preseason. He's hard on pucks, that, that style that he plays. Now it's just getting through the middle and seeing, I mean, what are your actual expectations for Charlie Coyle there? I think we know what to expect from the wingers, but what do you expect from Coyle? I mean, I, I expect a steady presence. I, the, the question is always, how does stylistically he fit with his two wingers when you compare it to what David Krejci brought last year? Because you really saw the way that Krejci's game meshed with Smith and with Hall. Their zone entries are great. Once they were together and they got a little bit more chemistry, they really were able to work the puck around. I don't see Charlie Cole as that kind of player. I think he brings a lot of strength of strengths to the table. But like you said, Case, I mean, I, I just don't see that translating to a second-line center with Hall on your left and Smith on your right. Because to me, he's not a, a puck possession guy. He's more the kind to drive it in deep, mm-hmm. hold it, try to possess the puck, eight frame, make a little space for himself. That's not the kind of game that I think you're going to get. And Taylor Hall's really going to be the engine that runs the line, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's the best player on the line. He's going to be the one that is going to create in a, in a lot of cases, as opposed to what you're used to, you know, thinking about a center kind of running mm-hmm. running a line. Um, I don't know how well he's going to mesh with Coyle, but I think if you ask me to put some expectations on it, I mean, could he get to 50 points? I mean, he got to 50 points in Minnesota once. Could he be a, you know... 15, 18 goal, 30 to 35 assist guy. I mean, I think that's kind of the minimum of what you would really need if you want to be a contender, you know, a viable second line. Yeah, and I mean, what you said there too, I mean, at that point, that's probably expectation. That's what you expect out of him. And as to what we'll get, I think, is the question mark. And uh, who was it? Bruce Cassidy during the uh, Jimmy Fund, he was on with uh, EEI, and they were talking to him, and he was saying, you know, what we got last year with Hall and Krejci was one thing. You know, David's been there. He can do it all for us. You know, Charlie's going to have to rely on Taylor a lot more now. And, I mean, is that good? Is that bad? Like, I don't know, man. Taylor likes the puck on his stick. He does like to control things to an extent. So that could help Coyle in the sense that, okay, maybe I don't have to try to run things as much as this and just let Hall run it a bit more. It's still a sample size of what we don't know. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Coyle, it's so ironic that now we finally have uh, a winger that Krejci meshes with, and now Krejci has decided to go and go play in the Czech Republic. And I I felt like that that happening was a major blow to this line. As Phil alluded to, this is this will be the difference as if we can become a cup contender or if we just kind of stay where we are, which I, I think the latter is going to happen. However... I think you're going to find that Taylor Hall is going to have trouble making those smooth entries into the zone. He's not going to have someone that's going to dish in the puck on those pretty goals like we saw last year. I feel like the second line is going to struggle. Um, and if we have to kind of move people in and out, maybe give uh, Studnika the kid a shot or two, uh, I think we're going to find out really early in the season that we're going to struggle in this regard um, and maybe on the third line too. So that's that's my feeling on it. And let's not forget, I mean, Hall, Hall is going to disappear for a month or yeah. even two mm-hmm. throughout the course of the season yep. where, you just, where you just don't notice him, you know? And that's just always been the guy he's been, except for that one, the, the Hart Trophy season in Jersey. I mean, he's mm-hmm. always had those kind of hot and cold streaks. And I think you're going to have to account for that. Um, that's really tough when you're expecting so much from him to make that line really function. With him disappearing like that, and you have to fill the gap in with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith. And Charlie Coyle, I do not think we're going to get those numbers out of him. I really, I would doubt it. You know, I would, I, I just don't see him making the big comeback that we all are hoping that he'll make this year. And so I think we're going to struggle on that line. Well, yeah, I think it's hard expectation-wise, too. Like, the guy's coming back from double knee surgery. Like, it's yeah. hard for him to say, like, oh, go out there. Usually, say, after surgery, it takes a guy a season, and then the season after that is what he should be. So, Absolutely. like you said, Sam, with we don't know what to expect there between Hall occasionally and then Coyle. I mean, I feel like this affects the whole lineup, though. It's one thing to have a 
steady and like set top six. But now if you're fiddling centers up and down a lineup, like Coyle down a three, Stanika to two, and we don't even know if Stanika is going to be on this lineup. That was kind of his shot there to be the 2C. So it's mm-hmm. like, do we think that Thomas Nosek could be a center on that? I, I don't think so. I don't think he could be a 2C. I mean, Felino's played center before, but I mean, can Nick Felino skate with Taylor Hall? Yeah, I just I feel like there's question marks certain spots. And I think with Bruce, it's going to be really fascinating. I mean, Bruce has always been a guy with a quick trigger in terms of wanting to move things around, mix and match, try to try to try some different things to maybe get get a spark going. I'm really interested to see how long of a leash Charlie Coyle gets. I mean, if he comes out. And like you said, Case, he's just he's still recovering from the surgery a bit. He's still kind of finding his feet with kind of a shortened, you know, training camp form. Is he going to get ten games, fifteen? You know, how how long is that leash going to be before they say we have to make a change because we're just not getting anything out of this line if it, Coyle comes out slow? Like you said, with the injury, it's hard to say. But I mean, if I'm a head coach in the National, I, I would say ten games max, ten, 10 to twelve, because after that, I mean. You could be in a hole in a certain place, and your season's already in a bad spot heading into that American Thanksgiving. So I think 10 to 12 games is probably where you're looking at. Sounds right to me. All right. Now, going into that third line, I mean, still seems like it's a question mark here and there. Anyone have any thoughts as to who's finally going to end up where? I mean, it looks like through regular season, the fourth is going to be set with uh, Frederick... Nosick in um, Curtis Lazar on the outside. I like that. So it looks like on the third will probably be Felino Halla and Debrusque or Debrusque Halla Felino. However, we want to break it down. What are you guys' feelings on that bottom six as a whole? I don't want to read too much in the preseason, but Debrusque Debrusque doesn't look bad. I mean, is he gonna is he gonna hurt me again? Possibly, possibly. Yes. Am I? Am I? <laughs> am I going to buy? Yes, am I going to buy it? The Jake DeBrus might be able to give you fifteen to twenty. Maybe he's a guy who gets them in bunches. So if he can get a hot couple weeks, you know, you could you could be looking at you know a number starting with a two um, at the end of the season for goals if he can stay healthy and stay on his on his strong side wing. I mean. He can't play his offlink. I mean, that that's that was yeah. one of the biggest things we learned from last year is that he's just not the kind of player to do that. So maybe a season on his where he knows where he's going to be every night. He knows he's going to be on his left side. He's looked pretty good. He's looked pretty strong on pucks and and moving pretty well. I, I, I want to. I'll say I'll, I'm buying Jake DeBrus this season for as a third line player. I, buying him. I, all right, fills all the boat. I like it. Buying it. I'm, I'm, I'm buying. It. I'm buying that he will be a, he will be a positive contributor on the bottom six. I, I will admit to this, like you said, it's preseason, but the one thing I have seen him do is actually go to the net. Last year, we did not see that at all. Granted, in the Washington game, he was playing a junior team, so I don't want to look into that one. But the Philly game, I mean, it, it was, for the most part, an NHL lineup. To, to see him go to those dirty areas is good. I mean, the... Let's call it the way it is. I mean, the COVID year last year as a whole on guys definitely took a toll. Like, you're not going out to dinner with the boys. You're locked in your room. You know, it strenuous, a little bit of the mental part, the anxiety. Okay, sure. But my only beef with Jake DeBrusque is, listen, if you're not putting pucks in the net, I get it. But hockey isn't just about putting pucks in the net. He was just useless. And that's the only part that kills me. I mean, I, I think having a guy like Felino on his line is going to be a help to him, too. I mean, I think, you know, when I saw the contract that Felino got, I said, wow, that's kind of a lot of money for a guy coming to the tail end, a guy with a lot of miles, a guy that has seen his production kind of wane over the last couple of years, kind of a pretty steep drop from, you know, what was he, a 50 to 60 point guy for a couple of years there in Columbus. Um but when you think about what added benefit you might have from having that kind of presence, a guy who can also have the versatility but also the leadership to kind of, you know, anchor a bottom six, I think that could be usually helpful. I mean, we've seen how, you know, the room has helped a guy like Taylor Hall and maybe a guy like Felino on his line could help a guy like Jake DeBrusque. Well. Bring him back. I like I like the optimism, Phil. I like it. I do. I, I you know, and I know Sam's surprised because, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't heard this take from me yet, but I've really been thinking about it and, and – 
I want to buy Jake DeBrusque as a contributor. I really do. Sam, rebuttal? Uh, yeah. I have been reading so much, and even the Nesson coverage beforehand leading up to all these preseason games, and they're all talking about it. It's like we're trying to be sold Jake DeBrusque this season. It's like people want us to believe that he's this rejuvenated guy. He had some struggles during COVID. Now he's going to come back. I'm hoping that's the case. I just don't think that it will be. I really think that he's going to come into the season. He's going to be slow out the gate, and he'll do his little week or two flurry where we all look at it and say, hey, we're back. We're here. And then he'll go away for a long stretch of time. I think that's going to be a big issue. But this line, this third line, goes with Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno, I'm hoping, like Phil said, if anything, will bring a presence to Jake DeBrusque and a presence to really – you know, this entire third line that they have to be a productive unit in case, as you said, if he does not score goals, if Jake DeBrus does not give you at least 10 to 12, and I know we said 15 to 20 before, but I'm saying we set the bar real low here. If he's not giving you that, he's useless. So I was all yep. for trading him in the offseason, and now, we've, now we're stuck with this third line, and hopefully Polino can, can bolster that a little bit for us. So, I got to agree with Phil as far as Jake DeBrus goes, but... Uh... This whole line, each of them has something to prove. None of them have played with each other before. It's something new for everybody. All three of them might have the change they need to do something. I've always been a huge Nick Foligno guy. I love his game. He's a great guy. Gets in the corners, throws his weight around. He's going to get in front of the net. He's going to do everything that you want out of the typical Bruins player to do for you. And Halla, I got nothing bad to say about the guy, but... uh. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for the three of them. I'm liking that third line. I really am. I'm with you, Sam. Selling on Jake DeBrusque. I don't yep, trust him. Up. Not buying it for nothing. I love how angry. Like, did you see the anger in Sam's eyes when he was talking about him? Like, that's what I love. He feels the same way about him as I do. Should have shipped him away for a second-round pick. I don't even care if he comes out and scores 40 goals this year. Because you know what? At the end of this season, when he becomes RFA or UFA, don't fucking sign him. Because next year, you don't know what you're getting from him. Exactly. Exactly. There's no there's no trust there, and there's also if if that does happen, case if he ends up going off this season, you can be sure that he will be rewarded with it and will be straddled with another down year next year. I think that's but but I really do. I don't I don't think that he's going to come out and have the year that we're thinking he's going to have unless Nick Foligno has some magic, you know, up his up his sleeve that would get him to get some goals. I don't think it, I just don't see it. I'm sorry to be so negative. But- but it's not. But like, it's, it's not. It's not just going to be about goals. I mean, I think Nick Foligno isn't just going to. He's he's not a playmaker. Nick Foligno. He's going to come in and he's going to say, "This is how we want to pursue the puck. This is where we want." You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the nudges that he's going to get from Nick Foligno. Why? When, when I think about DeBrusque and his production going up this year, I mean, there's no. His shooting percentage last year was five percent, a little over five percent. There's no way he's going to have that low percentage this year over age. I agree with you there, though, Phil. Like, Nick Foligno and the way he plays the game, but the problem is this. Nick Foligno plays the game a lot different than Jake DeBrus does. Nick Foligno's a straight-line player. He's a driver. He's going to take that puck, drive it straight forward, right at the net, stuff like So Jake's going to have to go to the net to if he wants anything to happen here. He's going to have to find that, you know, that weak side that's open to get the puck. Like, is he willing to go there to do that to to make it on the other end? That's the question I, I have, and I don't know. Right. On a because, basis, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and, and I agree with you completely. Like, Felino is a great source for him to get a whole bunch of information. I mean, let's not give it away. Nick Foligno is a fucking captain in this league for a long time, too. So, like, Nick Felino's done it, and I just think that's the biggest thing is, is Jake DeBrus going to be able to be dialed in? Because he, he's a bit of a... The, the selly season. He's a bit of a fucking nut shot. Like, if you see him walking in, he's looking at the cameras all bug-eyed. Like, I want whatever he's smoking. Because whatever he's yeah. smoking is either putting me in Mainzy La La Land or it's putting <laughs> me somewhere higher and better. So it's one or the other. So I got to talk to his dealer. Yeah, I mean, there were all kinds of whispers whispers too last year about, you know, DeBrusque and how what kind of shape he kept himself in, how, how strict of a diet he had for himself. I mean, there were all kinds of whispers about you know, how how seriously he took himself as a professional. And maybe, you know, will, will that change with one person? I don't know. But maybe with, like you said, loosened restrictions, a little bit more, you know, you're not as cooped up, maybe that'll have an effect. You know, I, I, I think the message from management and coaching is definitely coming loud and clear, though, for DeBrusque. This, this is your last shot, and your next 
your first big NHL payday, so to speak, which should be. This is it. I mean, if you have a bad season this year, you can forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, just that goodbye. So, if anything, don't just do it for the team. Do it for yourself, man. You know. Now going into that fourth line. I love that Curtis Lazar pickup last year. I, I thought Lazar was a great, heavy little play. He's like a little fire hydrant out there. He's hard to move. Kind of reminds me of you, Sam. Just fucking in the way. Um, you know, the puck might hit him on the way in. That, that's great if he scores one. Uh, I love Trent Frederick. I love how this kid is just all over the place. But big question mark with him last year was what happened to him? He seemed to be playing a lot, and then he was MIA. And then he got in one game, and then that was it. So I don't know if he's in Cassidy's doghouse or if the illness that he got kind of actually really sidetracked him. I think that's a big question mark there. You bring in Thomas Nosick. I mean, I think for a sailing for Nosick here is just come in, play your game. Hey, maybe you get rewarded with if the third line center's not working, you can make the bump there. And we already talked about how big of a question mark Charlie Coyle is. That shit, who knows? Maybe by the end of this year, he's a 2C. I don't think he's a 2C, but the way that the team's going, who knows? Yeah, no, I mean, I love the Lazar pickup, too. He was a guy that definitely flew under my radar in Buffalo. I mean, you kind of saw him a lot, but then you're just kind of like, oh, he's just there. But when you watch him night in, night out, man, yeah, he did a lot of nice things on that fourth line. He really brought them a shot of energy. Um, they really helped them later in the season last year. Uh, no second I got him in. I don't, know, I don't know a ton about him. I think there's some versatility there, though. I think you could maybe, in a pinch, slide him up on the third line if you've want to, if you got an injury or want to send a little bit of a message. But... Um, to me, I think he's just one of those solid guys. He'll be a pro. He's got a little bit of size um, and a little bit of versatility. And Frederick, I mean, maybe he's just a wall last year. Maybe it was just one of those things where, you know, guy in his first season or, or just starting to get his feet wet in the NHL and, you know, just hit that wall a little bit. And um, it's hard to maybe get that back given the other things that happened over the course of the season. So. You know, I'd expect a little bit more from him this year. I hope for a little bit more. I'd say the other thing with Nosick, too, was when he was in Vegas, I mean, he played a lot for them. And that Stanley Cup run, he was very crucial. So uh, who knows? Maybe just an off year and finally on his way back up, hopefully. Well, yeah, I mean, he had, he had eight goals in 38 games last year. That's not bad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I would not have guessed he, he had that high of a, of a pace for scoring. So, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of offense there, too, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, we're going to see the rotating cast on this fourth line. I think at the beginning of the year, uh, Case, as you mentioned earlier, we'll see Frederick Nosek and Lazar. Um, I think we're all on board with the Lazar pickup. I think, like you said, straight-ahead player, may, maybe make a move and, and score a goal every once in a while. Uh, this fourth line, though, we will see you know, Chris Wagner come in. We will see Carson Coleman come in uh, throughout the year. And I think that we just need to establish some chemistry on the fourth line. We need to have them dig deep in in the zone and just do what we want the fourth line on the Boston Brewers to always do. Get it low, get it deep, and just, you know, suffocate their defense and keep it in the zone for a little while while we get our other lines intact. So, I mean, not really a lot of expectations for uh, points or scoring or anything like that, but... Uh, I also agree that Trent Frederick, this is a year where he's got to come with more than I'm going to annoy Tom Wilson and every other big guy out there. He needs to come with a little more than that. But, yeah, the fourth line is interesting. Uh, Lazar is the bright spot. and uh, That's about it for me on the fourth one. Now, going to another part of that fourth line, you brought up rotating. And, you know, I, I do believe that, Chris Wagner is very interesting here because this is a guy who came in in the previous seasons, I mean, just an all-out pain in the ass to play against, just absolutely everywhere, all over you, like a little hornet, just kind of bouncing all over the place. And then last year, nothing, and he comes out in the offseason and said, you know, he dealt with anxiety last year, something he's never had to deal with. But for a guy like Chris Wagner who's playing at home, playing a style that the fans will love you for here and a, and a style that i mean compliments his game like he's played it well everyone that you talk about him, like, fuck he's a prick to play against they love to have him and then the year he has last year it's like can he go back to that same style i, I mean just he, he basically took a whole season off last year i, th- I think it's going to be hard to jump back into it and you know i i'm not poking fun at mental health here, but now with this anxiety issue, is he going to be able to play the way that he once did? Like, I don't know. It's going to be tough for him. Last year, just completely 
he was unexpected out of the play between him. And also, Corrali didn't play well last year, and the two of them seemed to feed off of each other. So if you got one guy that's slowing it down, everyone else is going to kind of follow in. The It's just going to be interesting to see how he's going to be able to crack the lineup on a consistent basis again. Now, Phil, I, oh. I don't see it. I, I, I see no. Wagner getting waived at some point, to be honest. And I don't see – I don't know if anyone will necessarily pick him up. I don't really see a role for him. I don't really see – he feels redundant. His feet his, – he, he hasn't moved his feet really well. I, 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 the year that he had last year, I just don't see it. Can I go on one aside, Case? How the fuck did Sean Corrales get $10 million from the Columbus? What? What? what <laughs> In what world? <laughs> In that organization, do they really need a hometown guy that bad? Is this just like a shortage of guys from Ohio? Like, oh, we need to get a local guy. Got to give him $10 million a year as he's fucking playing out the string on his career. See, it kills me because I absolutely love Yarmo Kikalain. Like, he does anything that his team needs. Like, no matter what year it is, Dale Seth Jones, fucking Dale Foligno, bring in all those guys at the deadline from Ottawa to all in for the cup. Like, anything his team needs, he does. But that Sean Corrali one, I'm like, oh boy. Like, like we're just going question marks here. Like, we're not even going anything close, just kind of on a limb. Just, ah, I think this will work. I was with Sam, and we were talking about Corrali. And he goes, where is he now? Oh, Columbus, right? And I go, yeah, he got like 10 million bucks. And Sam goes, there's no fucking way he got 10 million bucks. <laughs> so we look on the phone. He looks back at me and he goes, what the fuck are you? Can't believe it, right? 10 million for four seasons. Well, I was going to Jake Rislavic just went back there last year from Winnipeg back to Ohio. He's an Ohio boy. Now, I mean, they might be the only two Ohio boys in the NHL. So at least they're playing yeah. at home. Good for them, you know? <laughs> yep. Play in front of those hometown fans, man. <laughs> All right, boys. Now, let's transition back to the D-end. We have, you know, I said it last year. I did not know what to expect from Charlie McAvoy without Big Z. Charlie McAvoy shoves it right up my hoop, uh, tells me that I am that elite defenseman, suck my dick case, and I said, all right, just take it easy on me. I've never done this before. And then uh, after that, we have him now paired with Derek Forbort. What's your thought on that first pairing? I mean, we already kind of touched on him a little bit, but. I think, uh, hot take alert, ring the alarm, Sam, ring it, ring it, Crouch here, ring that goddamn alarm. Charlie McAvoy wins the Norris Trophy this year. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as he's going to win the Norris Trophy this year. I do think he will be, I think that the Derek Forberth, um, I didn't like it at first. I thought he was going to be paired with somebody else. The more I take into account uh, what Forbort is and what he brings to our defensive core, I think it might work out. Because on the other two pairings, I don't see any other way we can configure it right now. So we're kind of stuck with this configuration. However, um, this pairing, this number one pairing, I think is going to be effective for us. I think there's a there's a drop-off at some point with our decor, but I think right now going with Forbort and McAvoy is going to be the best thing uh, for our first pairing right now. So, I mean, that's... And I expect big things from Charlie McAvoy. I expect him to uh, just continue to develop and develop and develop, and he will eventually win the Norris Trophy, just not this year. I don't think he's going to win the Norris because I don't think he's going to produce enough offense with Forbart on his other side. He's going end-to-end every time like the flying V. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when Fox won it last year over Hedman, it's just become a point contest. And nothing against – I love Adam Fox. I love Adam Fox. Oh, Phil, Phil likes not, him to Adam Fox. I do <laughs> like him to Adam Fox. But was he a bet? Like, let's trust our eyes here. Was he the best defenseman in the league last year? The best 200? No. I mean, I don't think McAvoy is going to produce enough points to win the Norris because that's what essentially it is now. It's who gets the most points on the, uh, as a defenseman, you know, for the most part. So um, I think the pairing is going to have, to use a flute ocean's out term, a little bit of turbulence at times. Uh, I think there's going to be some issues maybe getting the puck out of their own end. Some growing pains. Okay. Um, But I do think in terms of within their own zone, I think they're going to complement each other really well. And I do see um, some really strong goal prevention, some really strong, uh, you know, high-risk chance prevention from the two of them. Well, that's what it is. Charlie McAvoy's defense is going to be so good this year, they're not going to have a choice but to give him the Norris. I hope I hope I hope that they would be able to do something like that because he's he's in that he's in that conversation. Well, he sucks because after I shot him down so much last year, I have to fucking compliment him this year. So I'm just <laughs> I'm shooting for the stars right now. Yeah. 
Well, going into deep pairing two, it looks like right now it's going to be Brandon Carlo mixed with somebody. We saw him with Matt Grizzlick. We've seen him with Riley. What are your thoughts on Brandon Carlo? I mean, I love him. I love the way he plays his position. Nice stand, stay-at-home defenseman. But he's jumping in. I mean, great goal the other night, jumping into the play. I just worry about his head problems for the long term. That's just my biggest question mark there. It's very scary, very scary when it comes down to this. You alluded to it earlier. He's one more away from being Bambi. Like, is he going to get that hard hit again? Is he going to be a little bit tentative going into the corner after a puck at some point? Just he hears someone coming? Like, it's going to be really interesting. But on his left side, having either Riley or Grizzlick, I think is really going to help him. He has great chemistry with Grizzlick as we've seen. And last year, him and Riley seemed to work really well. Both of those guys can move the puck, so if he can at least get it off to one of them quick, it lessens the time that he's going to have to take that hit, maybe. Yeah, speaking of Mike Riley, like, this fucking guy, when we first got him last year from Ottawa, like, kind of shot out of a cannon. He's in the corners. There, There was two plays that, you know, the winger came around the net, gave it to him. He went back down the boards, came around, nice pass out front, like, beautiful play, and then just kind of lagged. I, I thought he was going to have a great playoff for us and just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, I don't think it's our system that's uh, affecting him. It was just what kind of finally took over. That was my biggest question mark there. That's a great point, Case. I was going to bring that up. That When he first got here, you remember the press conference that Cassidy had when he said, oh, what a what, what a great find to, to address a need that we've, that, that we've had for so long now. And he was on everybody's list of being what a great pickup and you know Sweeney and all this stuff but I think Riley has to be the guy on that third pairing right he has to be we cannot stick Connor Clifton in there with Brendan Carlo and I think Matt Grizzlick has to anchor that third pairing so that's why I'm concerned about Grizzlick but Mike Riley and Brendan Carlo I think Mainzy that's a good point you have to now take into consideration when you're going into the corner you have to look over your shoulder a little bit more tentatively than you did before we're going to see that this year um but as a second pair, if they can both stay healthy and Mike Riley can come back and, and show the flash and the flare that he did when he got here immediately and people were high on him. And then, like you said, it was kind of like no man's land for him after that. Nobody was really talking about him, and, and he was just kind of just kind of the guy that was there. So if he can step it up and if Brendan Carlo can stay healthy, I think that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, pairing on that second pair. I, I actually would rather have Grizzly with, with Carlo, to be honest. And my reason is because, well... What we've said about Riley is definitely true, and I think he felt like he was getting indecisive or something with a puck in the playoffs. It felt like he kind of didn't know what to do, and then he would just kind of not make a clean play. He wasn't sure if he wanted to shoot it or not. But the reason I'd rather have Grizzly on that frame with Carlos, we know Carlos not a goal scorer. I mean, that the, you know the rare rush from Brandon and Carlo where he jumps up into play and maybe you know snaps off a nice wrister from the top of the circle aside, he's not a goal scorer. But neither is Mike Riley. No. He, he is a puck mover, but are you really going to have, you know, 20 minutes of your game with two defensemen who you say, yeah, they're going to give you six goals total, eight goals total, maybe for the whole season? I don't think you can sustain that. I think you have to split up Carlo and Riley. I know they they played well together, but I'd rather have just a little bit more of an offensive threat um, on that left side. I'd rather have Clifton playing with Riley, even though there's, you know, some drawbacks of that as well. Um, but I just I just would rather have those those few extra minutes a game that you give to your second pair versus your third pair going to Grizzly. Like, I just think he's a better player, pushes the offense a little bit more, and a little bit better of a threat to score. Yeah, Riley and Clifton to me seem that's that's a little scary to me. Yeah, I think that drop off is that drop off is considerable once you get past Grizzly and um yeah, there's and Carlo then. It's just it's 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 really steep for me. So that's the only reason why I would argue against that. And which why I think it's going to be Riley when we when we hit the opening night there. Yeah, I I think you're right actually. And I think the other part when you look at it now is even with the guys that we have in question marks behind them, John Moore, Yerovakanin, and I mean. I don't really see those guys coming in and being a big difference maker, at least at this point. Like, you know what you get in John Moore. You get, if he plays five games, you get two really good ones and then three really bad ones. Vak, I think, is still a big question mark after, I mean, he's another one with all these concussion problems already. Like, I just don't think we can pick a defenseman that doesn't get a concussion. I think that's Don Sweeney's repertoire. He can't draft, and this is why we end up here. 
Now, and don't forget we have Jacob Zaboro just waiting back here. You know what I'm saying? He could he could fit in here somewhere along the line. But I just think that um, what we the lines that we projected we're going to be seeing day one. Hey Sam, if you had a pick of Thomas Shabbat or Z- Jacob Zaboro, who would you pick? No, Shabbat. Oh, all right. Do we have to. We have to go down <laughs> so, and slip no, no. I was. I was just saying, if you if you were playing GM for a day and you had a choice, who would you pick? That's all. All right. Next question. All right. Now, getting away from the defenseman, we are going to our favorite position of all, the Nick Lorenza five hole crunch special. We have Linus Olmark, who we end up signing on from what I thought was I don't want to say questionable, but it was really surprising to me as to length of term on this deal because it seemed like the transition to Swayman was happening. We also have Jeremy Swayman here who we thought had a very good season last year and we still have Tuka Rask kind of waiting in the wings for January slash February. What is everyone's go-to on this? Because I know everyone has lingering opinions. I know some people are Tuka haters, some people are Tuka lovers and some people just want Tuka's pipe because he plays in between the pipes. You know, Get your head mine out of the gutter. Phil, you're up. Everyone needs to pump the brakes on Jeremy Swayman. Let's let's take a step back. He played 10 really great games. But the way that people are talking about him, I think, is a little much. And they're setting themselves, themselves up for some disappointment, I think. He's the kind of guy, he's going to be aggressive, right? And, and that's great in a way. We, the Bruins won their cup with an aggressive goalie. But you're also going to get burned a lot as you kind of as you as you start, uh, make your way in the league with that kind of a style. And watch those backdoor passes. Watch those. Watch those guys just holding it a half second more and seeing if they can maybe get an angle on Swayman. And I think you're. I think there are going to be some people who are a little bit disappointed in what they see from Jeremy Swayman this year. Do I think he has potential to be a number one? Yes. I, I'm not ready to declare that yet. In terms of Allmark, I think he is a perfectly solid one B. I think I think we know I think it was the certainty of kind of what kind of player he was that made him appealing to the Bruins and maybe why they wanted to give him a bit more term to to make sure that they could lock him up uh, at the dollar figure that they had. Um, so if I'm going into it, I, I see Omar as the guy who's going to get just a few more games over the course of, of an 82 game season. Um, I think it's great that you have a great goalie coach. Shout out to goalie Bob because. Man, I think he's been one of the most important pieces of your organization for the last 10 years. I mean, every backup that's come in has performed pretty well for the most part. And in terms of fixing some of the things in Allmark's game that look a little bit shaky, I think I have the confidence that he can get coached up and, and maybe go into the film room and see a little bit and, and uh, fix some of those areas. So I would go with Allmark, Swayman as the 1B, and Swayman, we'll see, because I, I am not as there as some other people are with him. So. Can I just say, I set the over-under myself before we went here at two and a half harpoons for Mainzy, and I haven't seen him drink any throughout this recording so far. So I'm just throwing that out there. Mainzy, your thought on the goaltending? Um, I understand the Elmark pickup. Um, it definitely was a wise move. He's a great goalie, especially playing on a Buffalo team that he played on. Uh, he he was one of the few standoffs on that. I think him coming into a structured system in a team that can actually play is going to help him out a lot. Um, Swayman, yes, I am very excited for him, but it's still a rookie goaltender. And as Phil said, he played 10 very good games. And he also played 10 very good games in the AHL last season, which is only 20 professional games. Like, that's not a lot yet. Like, and he played a lot of those against the same teams. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he did play against the Crosby's and the Ovechkins, but played a lot against the down Buffalo team as well. So it's going to be interesting seeing him tested by some of the other styles across the league. It's a great point, Macy. Great point. I'm surprised that no one has mentioned uh, what happened last night in overtime. We all saw that. Right? I, I was waiting. I was yeah. going to let you guys go first, but all right. <laughs> What a terrible – I was at the game last night, and I got to tell you, it was preseason, but, you know, I mean, the fans were in there, and they were loud and everything going over time. It's, it's exciting. It's three-on-three hockey. It was very deflating to see that happen. Uh, I don't think that's on pasta. But anyways, uh, the goalie situation this year, 
Omar is going to come in here. I think he's going to be uh, taking the lion's share of the games, even if it's not by that much. Uh, I'm very interested to see what Jeremy Swayman's going to do. I mean, he could emerge, and we could see that we have the guy for the next foreseeable future, or we could see that he'll just kind of peter out like we've seen a few of these goalies that have had flashes in the pan, uh, and then they kind of just wane, and they kind of become regular goalies in the league. Uh, Bennington is one of those guys. Uh, Carter Hart's going to be one of those guys, I feel. So hopefully we can get a little more out of Jeremy Swayman. Tuka Rask is going to be eating chicken wings until December, it looks like. So uh, we'll have to see what his mental state is coming back. He thankfully has said that he is going to, he will accept a role as a mentor. And I hope that's what he comes back expecting to be. I just think we're moving in a direction that's away from Tuka Rask at this point. I agree with what Phil said with Olmark. We know that he is a 1B. We know what we're getting out of him. The one thing that you guys are underplaying completely is the only bright spot in a University of Maine hockey team for three years was Jeremy Swayman. The only reason why they were in games, the only reason why his goals against even in college on a shit team was two point something. So I, I think we do have a good goalie here. I agree with you, though, Phil. He does need some seasoning. We, we, don't, we haven't got a full look yet. I think... He is the future. He, he's the one to go to. Um, I think it's also good, too, that he can at least split time with Olmark. It's not like he's in a complete shit position where now he's digging his way out or he's sitting behind Tuka Rask and you're kind of like, well, we have a kid here. We need him to play. He's going to be able to play games. Now, the question I have is, what does Cassidy do next? Like, does Cassidy kind of, uh, you know, are we sticking to a schedule of, you know, 40 and 40, 41 and 41. Are we going to go with, hey, you won the game last night, you play tonight? Like, what is the actual formula going to be? Because it seems like we don't have that yet or know exactly what that is. Sam, yes, I had a laugh when you brought up last night. Like, watching the game from home, I'm going, what just happened? Like, uh, like that. that's the uh, hardest I've ever seen Alexi Lafreniere forecheck in my life. Suck it, <laughs> suck it, Benny. The, the, the cut on his nose is from the puck coming up and hitting him in the face. Um, it, it was strange, though. Like, so Lafreniere wins the game, and then we do a shootout. I'm at home, I'm going, what the fuck? Like, I thought they just won. Like, I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, hey, right, it's preseason. We don't judge anything from preseason, right, Sam? So... Never happened. Don't know what you're talking about. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It's going to be a long year. Uh, now, with all that. All right, Phil. I know you're going to say something. I'm sorry. You, you go ahead. No, you're good. I mean, I I think they're going to – Cassidy might be more of a ride-the-hot-hand kind of guy. I don't think you're going to see either of them playing many back-to-backs. But I think that if somebody is riding hot, just stick with them. You know what I mean? And over the course of 82 games, that will probably even out to maybe a – 45-37 split, something like that. But there, there is something else I want to say, and I think that with the term that Allmark has, I think you have to consider the possibility they may trace Wayman at some point. I, I agree, I really just for the term. I, I have to agree. I, I really do, and, they, and, and I've heard good... Oh. Oh, God. That's not good. Do, 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 I, I thought he was just, like, feeling it, too. Like, that's the worst part about all this. Yeah. Omar uh, as oh, 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 you froze. You, you got to start over. You you were right in the, the heat of it, too. He's up there? Yeah. It was the heat of the moment. <laughs> it was just getting good. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back? You're back. Yeah, you're, you're here. Um, all right. Uh, they develop goalies really well. And, I could, and if someone is willing to give you a first and more for Swayman, if he comes out and plays well, I think you have to at least – Think about it. As long as you're willing to leverage whatever you might get for him into something that helps you now. Because we all know that once Bergeron leaves this team, the future is bleak. The future, we're going to have some dark days. So I'm more of the mind where if you have assets now, you don't have many, but if you have some assets now that you can that you can parlay into something that can help you win a cup now, maybe get a legit left shot D-man or maybe get Thomas Hurdle or someone like that at the deadline, I think you have to at least consider it. So I think that that is, you know, when you, you look at Allmark, they probably needed to give him that term to, to get him to sign. But I also think they did it to say, we get a little bit of flexibility now if we want to get really aggressive and think outside of the box a little bit to upgrade at the deadline or going forward. 
All right, now thinking outside the box, and we're on goaltending, this is the biggest question I have. There's a goalie who's coming up term-wise, and there's already rumors of him being moved. And we have a good repertoire with Anaheim. Do you think the Bruins try to give Swayman and something else to bring back John Gibson? That, that changes things going into the fucking postseason with John Gibson between the pipes. How much term does Gibson have? Let me Let's check that. I, I know there was already rumors of him asking to be moved or there was going to be a trade at least by the end of this year. I mean, I, I think you put John Gibson back there. It can change a whole bunch of things. Six years at 6.4. Oh, I don't see that. Mm. I don't see that. I mean, unless unless Anaheim wants to eat some of that money for, for some draft capital, I mean, he'd definitely be an upgrade. Oof. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're talking about how you might feel going into a nip-and-tuck series if you have to face a, a, a tough team. Yeah, I feel real good about that. But that's a lot of money at goalie unless Anaheim wants to eat a, a portion of it going forward. But they do have they do have a relationship with Anaheim. I mean, they've been more than happy to wheel and deal with with them out there. So that's a thought. That's a thought. All right. Now, going forward, after just reviewing everything we just went through, what is the expectation for everyone from this team? I mean, is this Stanley Cup window open? Sam doesn't seem very optimistic. I think it's closed on his end. Like, where do we honestly expect this team to end this year? Listen, we're gonna um, we're gonna have highs during the regular season. This is just kind of what this team does. This has been the pattern. Uh, we're gonna go through a rough patch or two, like we discussed, maybe with Coyle disappearing or or DeBrus not doing what he needs to do. Um, but we will have long stretches of success this season, and we'll get out of the first round. But I think ultimately our season is gonna be ended in the second round again. Um, I don't see, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I do not see that the moves that Sweeney has made being to the tier of what we needed to compete for a cup this year. They're probably a step below that. And I feel like we're, we're, we're bound for a second round exit again, not a cup contender. Okay. Now, while we have you on Sam, who is your prediction to win the Stanley cup? Ah, my prediction to win the Stanley cup. I would have to go with Colorado right now. All right. If you were to ask me, um, I think that McKinnon is motivated beyond belief this year. He is going to galvanize that group and they're going to make a serious, serious run. Last year during the playoffs, I looked at that series that they lost, and I, I was I was flabbergasted. I don't know what happened. Um, I was in disbelief the whole time watching it. They're going to come back with a vengeance this season. Colorado would be my pick. Mainzy? Sam 100% just stole my pick, if you couldn't tell by my face as far as that went. Um, what was the other part of that? Where do you see the Bruins ending this year? So, I want to say that they'll make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and that there's no way that they'll make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. There's just too many holes that need to be addressed. But I'm saying at least they're making it to the Conference Finals. All right. Philly? Philly, baby, lay it on me. I'm also leaning second-run exit. I, I, where they end up seated depends. I think they would rather end up seated in the Metro than end up with Florida and, and Tampa and Toronto um, in the Atlantic, so I think that if they were to maybe get the wild card one, uh, that might serve them better. Um, but I do, I, I, I would bet again on you know typical Bruins second round exit. If you're asking me for a cup champion, I mean, I, I, I don't want to take the contrarian pick because I think Colorado is a great pick, and if I had to bet, I would probably say them. But I would not sleep on the Islanders. I really would not. I mean, I think that if you, if we had an Islanders abs final, I think that would be a very close series. And I might favor the team that has, that just feels a little bit stouter on the back end that really has a shutdown number one pairing. Um, no disrespect to the guys in Colorado, but I just feel like, you know, with, with Pelic and, um, oh my God, Pulek. I can't remember his name right now. So, <laughs> Pelic yeah. and Pulik. Yeah. Pulek, the, the two P's. But, when I think about them, they'd be a very tough out. So I will I will also say Colorado, but also give a shout-out to the Islanders because I think we saw how tough they were, and they played Tampa very, very tough the last couple of years. I like your pick with the Islanders, but I'm, it's staying in Florida, but with the Panthers this year. I think Bobrovsky is going to be shit, and they switch tonight. Knight came in last year. Bobrovsky cost him those series. I mean, the two games he played, he was shit. They did. You, you let Knight play the whole way. 
I mean, they gave Tampa hell. The, those games were bloodbaths. And if they get they out were. of Tampa, I mean, I don't know. I think them and the Islanders are very well matched up, kind of the same exact team. Huberto and Barkov are going in the two huge years for the two of them. Yeah. Ekblad's back. Montour is still down there. I like the way it's looking down there. I'm going South Beach, baby. That would be something. But they do have a phenomenal team. And, I mean, with no Ekblad last year, that was that was devastating. And, and I'm with you. I love Knight. I think I think he's for real, man. I mean, I think he it, – it, it's hard, I think, in this day and age to justify goalies a first-round pick. But he's a pretty rare exception, I think, in terms of his talent, his athleticism, and just – Sort of the way he seems pretty unflappable. I mean, he's played in some big games at BC, but I mean, he just seems like he just the moment was never too big for him. Yeah, he's like and a different special. He's like a different kind of cake eater. Like you can tell he's a cake eater, like just by yeah. looking at him. But like, yeah, he just seems like normal. Like whatever anxiety pills they got him on are like those are the shit, bro. Like those <laughs> shit. Like you're mellow. It don't matter what it is. You're like gunfight, and I got a knife. I'm there. Like doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Oh, man, he's been probably on since the 7 or something, too. Probably one of those kids. <laughs> but, yeah, I do, the Panthers are a very good team as well this year. Well, gentlemen, I just want to thank all you guys for taking time out of your busy Sunday to deal with me for this. Uh... Very big day here. Brady's coming back to Foxborough. Now, speaking of big returns... I just want to talk to you guys about one that never happened this year. And um, I, I just want to say that there was a JHF reunion that magically I wasn't invited to. And um, I just want to talk to, you know, three founding members and, and see what's up with that. I mean, uh, one of the other ones wasn't invited. Um, I heard part of it had to do with the weight clause, but you let him play in net. Like, I know I'm not, I, I know I'm not 170 anymore, Phil, but like, fuck me. Like, I think I, I look all right. Like... When when Nick Lorenza is the GM of your team, there there there's no there's no respect for history. There is no respect for for anything really, other than whatever has, provides him with the least the least amount of work that he has to do. And that's that's just how he he goes about his business, you know. So you know it 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 it. it doesn't surprise me, but that's just the kind of guy Nick is, you know, when it comes to this kind of thing. You know, he's he's the kind of guy where, should I say this in a public forum? What do you think? Yes, about yes, about we're here, <laughs> we're here. There's, there's, there's not much else there for him to do, so this is kind of, this is kind of, this is kind of like a big deal for him. So, you know, I can see Nick at work, like, remotely. Like, drawn up these different lineups. Like, he's got all these different, like, people he's calling. He's texting throughout the course of the day. Because this is, you know, this is a big thing. So, you know. I, I mean, if I, you're I trying to tell me. Process, but that is, you know. Like, if you're trying to tell me, even at my age and, you know, my weight now, that I'm still not a shutdown defenseman in a fucking B-League hockey, like, that's where I have a problem. Like, Nick knows when I'm out there. there. There's no pucks coming through. Everything's wide, baby. He should be able to stop him. Should be. I mean, I know he has a couple of holes. I mean, but maybe it's the puck bag that's attached to him. I don't know. I'm just saying that, you know, he knows what he gets out of me. And I just feel like I, was, I wasn't treated fairly. That's all. Okay. Oh, the same for Jason. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about Jason and all of the experience that Nick had with Mainzie's Foot long. Sausage, right? Yeah. Foot, foot long. I mean, the way the emphasis that was put on. When he said it. Completely fucked. And we're talking about, like, the more emphasis you put behind something, the bigger it is. I mean, I don't know if even a fucking ruler would be enough, you know, for for the 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 zest that Nick put into that yeah. comment. So, and that will stick with us. I mean, we all were witnesses to it. So. Well, I'll never forget. I mean, my, never my compliments, forget. man. My compliments. I was not there, so I do not believe that anything was ever said. No. Oh, I did it ever. Oh. Like, if you're looking at this thing, Mainzy, where it goes like this, like, you see where my hands disappear? That's where Nick put you at. Like, it was that big. I, I assure you, Jason, that we have not, oh, we have not perpetuated a lie between the three of us for over a decade. I was about to say, not for this long. No, 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 I was no, going to say, it really, yeah. it, I, I, kudos and, on you. Like, if, if it's been going this far, like, good on you, because it hasn't changed one bit. And I'm just word, hoping that it is. And the word used was, it wasn't I think. Right, boys? It was not I think. It was I know. I know. It was I know. I know. 
And then we just, we could, it, it took us a minute to even like, under, like what were we talking about again? Like that, what, like, dick? Like, what? all right, we're out. And then everyone just left. It dispersed. We were having a great time. We were all right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. And, then, and then next week. Yeah. And Sam's gone. <laughs> I think Casey on that note was like, all right, the well, that's my cue to go. Yeah. That's my cue to go. But nope, I mean, Maisie, what happens in your... Personal life. Nothing. Jesus Christ. Uh, listen, I mean, uh, from, from a man of experience. Maybe not Sam, but, not Sam, but me and Casey were looking. There's no judgment. There's yeah. no judgment on <laughs> Listen, I mean, j- just from the looks of it, it looks like Lorenzo knows how to make a sausage or two disappear. And I think that he may have sampled yours, Nancy. That's all we're getting at. No. But, but, but now, now, going to the other end of this. Um, from a personal level, I, I was personally attacked. Like, I, I'm at the 99, and Daddy turns to me and goes, oh, are you playing in the tournament? And I'm like, oh, what tournament? He's like, oh, the JHF reunion. I'm like, fuck, oh, I, I never heard of anything. So, so so I text this fat prick, and I ask him, and I'm like, what's up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you didn't invite me to your wedding. I'm like, just for the record, that's a two-way street, pal. Like, I, mine must have got lost on the other end if we're talking about the better person. And, uh, and believe me, I know I am not the cream of the crop when it comes to good people. I, I am more than honest with that. But for fuck's sakes, I mean, if we're holding grudges for this long, I mean, listen, Lorenza's Drya and Lorenza probably ate the same amount of socks over a period of life. That's all I'm saying. There's no way that one man gets that round and that thick without having some cloth in them. And, I mean, listen, we all try to be better with life. Um, that five hole is still broken. And, I mean, it, it, there's a whole bunch of things that can and can't happen. I just, you know what, Mansy? Thank God you put your, your beautiful daughter there in the thing, because I was probably going to go to a different level there, you know? So I'm just happy you're able to reel me back in. But I'm just saying, I mean, I, I call it the way it is. I've done that forever. I'm sorry if that offends people, Phil. That's not my intention. My intention is just to be brutally honest at times, because, you know what? Why, why would I lie? Lying's not a good thing. That, that's bad. Hey, I, I, I don't know. If, that, if that's how you feel, then, I mean, that's, that's between the two of y'all. All I know is that I heard a lot about it. So, you know. All right. Now, oh, that was, that was a big part it, of it the tournament. It ruffles feathers. It ruffles feathers. That was a big feathers. part of the tournament, yeah. Case, I, 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 mean, was, I was hoping, Casey, that you would enter your own team. I was really hoping that that would go down. That would be a bigger game. And the best thing about it was, is Nick tried to act like he, he didn't care that if you entered your own team. But he, he kept going like, oh, there's no way Casey's going to do it. He's not gonna do it, right? He can't get enough guys. And I'm like, oh, so you are like worried about if he's gonna do it or not, you know? So Nick, Nick would have turned into Andrew Andrew Raycroft during that one season that he had. He would have turned into that for one game. Andrew, you know? He would have turned oh, into man. Carter Anderson. And <laughs> you want to talk about like the puckest goal? Like that would have looked like a fucking you know, like a beautiful goal compared to the goals Nick would have allowed. And and for the record, everything I said. I meant, I, I, I would be in that big fella's kitchen. I, and you know what? I don't got the wheels anymore, Phil. But if I'm coming through the middle and anyone's in my way, I was like going one hand, Sean Young, pushing dudes off. And like, I was going at this. Like, I was going at them. And like, I was going to blow an edge and just magically end up in that crease. And I was going to take a rusty carbon slap shot from the top of the circle just to follow up the rebound and whack them. Like, I was, I was ready. But... I'm a bad person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It, it just ain't right. It ain't right. Here's what I think we have to do. We, we, we should get, Mainzy, I know you said, where where you said we could rent a shoe device, Mainzy? We should rent a shoe device. Uh, no, no English book, so no. Yeah, we should, we should do that and get a shootout going. Just have a little pickup and then do a shootout at oh, the end. That would, that would devolve into some some very toxic competition if we're all out there and in case you nigger on this on the same ice. That would devolve real quickly. It. Let's fucking do it. You know, I, I honestly don't want a shootout. I I just want someone to like sh- spring me on a breakaway and just me and him and everybody else just stop at the red line and whatever happens happens and you know, we'll we'll pick up our equipment after and we'll carry on, you know? It's not a bad thing. Casey, everybody on the op- opposing team will let you in. I'd let you in. Now, I don't oh, play yeah. anyways, as we all know. But I would let you in all the same. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. 
the problem is with me, and I mean, you guys have known me for a long time, is like, I just never know when to stop. So it's like, when's a good time to stop beating up Nick? Like, is it when, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, do I drag him around the net, and I'm like, now lick your post! Lick your post, and then I'll stop! Like, like when do I stop? That's the problem. And, like, the problem is this, too. It's like, God bless Jim Lorenzo. Like, that man is a legitimate saint. Goddamn patriarch. And he spews out something like this. Like, that man's heritage must be tainted. <laughs> I can tell you this. We're never getting the invite up to Nashville again. So, I can I can, I can, can say that with certainty after this. Yeah, time. we're going to be getting some text tomorrow. All of us. All <laughs> yeah. of us here. I, you speak for yourself. I'm not getting any. me today uh this was good I, I loved hearing all that out you know this anger and frustration has been building for months but um you know hey if you guys are ever gm of a team and you're looking for an extra body for a tournament th- like i said you know i mean shape isn't anything by the way your goalie looks so i mean if you need a guy to step in at d or left wing like i'm more than available you know my wind might not be there but i mean means he has a huge hog so we'll just leave it at that Listen, Listen that's that's a, a good note to, <laughs> yeah, at the levels that we're playing on, Case, I don't think you got to worry about it. You uh, know what I mean? I don't think you got to. Oh, apparently, other people do. You know. Mm, yeah. Well, but it, I think as as the conversation many years ago happened, I think ending on Maisie as a huge hug is the perfect way to, to wrap yeah, this thing wrap up. Yeah, wrap that pot up. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, wrapping the pot up there, yeah, eh, Maisie? The, uh, the, do, do you guys have any any shout outs? <laughs> any shout outs? Are we all good? I'm all set. Shout outs. Shout out, shout outs. Uh, shout out to Stratty. Uh, you know, I'm like three months behind on my 99 saying I was going to get up there. So shout out to Strats. I swear I am not Kyle Eisner. I will get there at some point. I swear. Am I allowed to say that on the internet? Because Kyle's going to whip my ass up. Anyway, I'll make it one of these times. All right? We'll get a fucking, we'll, we'll get a Thursday game. I'll have a few beers. It'll be great. It'll be great. Shout out to you, Stratty. Hope to see you soon, buddy. Mains man, anybody? Just Lorenzo for making that sausage disappear? Uh, uh, I'm good. I'm keeping my mouth shut before I get myself in any other trouble. All right. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening. This was the 2, 5, and 10 Bruins P Review. Uh, thank you, boys, for coming on. This was fun. I mean, hopefully, maybe we'll do like a... Uh, a mid-season review. Hopefully by then, Jake DeBrusque is long gone. I mean, we could have done it at the draft for a second-round pick, but that's just me. And, of course, because I said that, and this is going live in about 20 minutes, I'm sure he's going to score 40 this year. So I'll just go fuck myself. But everybody else, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.